0: Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast. Hi, this is the Marketing Connect Podcast, a show where we get up close and personal with some of the most celebrated marketeers in the country. We we'll talk to them and discover nuances of marketing that we often miss. After all, we are a show for marketeers by marketeers. Listen in. Our guest today is Rahul Mishra from Shimaru Entertainment. He talks to us about what does it take to ride the disruption curve from the lens of an entertainment company.
1: Hi,
2: Saurabh. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, So my name is Rahul Mishra. I am the head of marketing and communications at Shimaru Entertainment. Shimaru Mm -hmm. Entertainment is an iconic media and entertainment company. It's been there for about 57 years now. And... uh, Mm -hmm. My role encompasses taking care of the overall brand and marketing all the businesses uh, which Shimaru takes to consumers, and also in the B two B
0: space. Got this. Rahul, do you want to tell our listeners uh, the four or five key verticals that that you talk about, that you work on? So, for example, you mentioned consumer space, B two B space. So, you want to talk about the verticals?
2: Sure, sure. So, uh, so at Shimaru, uh, you know, we have multiple businesses. Which we take care of, uh, you know, we have a, we have at this point of time, two satellite channels, uh, which are running. Uh, one is a Marathi movie channel and one is a Hindi general entertainment channel. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's a part of my role. Uh, we also have a pretty popular OTTA platform called Shimarumi. Uh, mm-hmm. and uh, marketing uh, content, marketing, uh, running, running performance, running, uh, you know, getting in subscribers, uh, And churning, ensuring the lower churn happens is something which I do on a day-to-day basis. Uh, Apart from Mm -hmm. that, we also run, uh, we also have recently entered into, uh, you know, something called as a devices business where we sell pre-loaded content speakers in the market. It's available Mm -hmm. across close to about 2,000 retailers at this point of time. Uh, Mm -hmm. So managing that, which is the retail marketing part of it. Uh, And of course, it also comes with Uh, Mm e-commerce. Those are two aspects for uh, the devices business. And, uh, and then the fourth part of my, uh, of my role is, uh, so Shimaru actually is, is you know, for, for last, over, over the last decade uh, was essentially a B2B uh, media organization. Uh, we still have a lot of interest in, uh, you know, business-to-business uh, revenues. Uh, mm-hmm. Marketing the brand into various aspects of the business from syndication to, you know, other, other aspects of uh, content is what I continuously do. And coupled mm-hmm. with all of that is the entire brand piece and the comms piece which is the PR and sort of but so really don't talk about what you've done you know it's you're not really uh, you know, <laughs> done justice to that so that also is something which I take care of and that's how the teams have been divided in uh, in you know mm-hmm. within within Shumaru as well who uh, work with me nice.
0: so now uh, now take us through your journey right so from let's say I was reading about you you went to a B school in Delhi in 2005 and so take, take to take us through your journey from there
2: on I can I can even step 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 back, you know, if you want, uh, it'll give you a good perspective. So, uh, I've actually had a very, uh, interesting journey and in childhood, everything, as I would say, uh, you know, I grew up in a defense background. My dad was in the Navy. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was born in Cochin and, you yeah. know, eventually moving on to a new, a new city every two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so actually what it did, is, sort of exposed me to a lot of different cultures you know and that's what i really like observing myself uh, mm-hmm. you know i love observing why people behave in a certain way uh, what mm-hmm. are the culture, cultural nuances happening so that sort of built my formative years and uh, and post that i actually went on to uh, do my hotel management from ihm mumbai uh, mm-hmm. and you know obviously you know with, within hotel management i had I had days when i wanted to be a chef then i had days i wanted to be a bartender mm-hmm. and uh, and bartending was something which was sort of very close to me uh, till eventually I I sort of started. My first role, which I took up, uh, was in sales and marketing for a, for a leading hotel chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that point of time, it was called the Lee Meridian Mumbai, but now it's rebranded as the Hilton. Uh, yeah. So I did about two years of hotel sales. Not much marketing, I would say, because uh, my role essentially was to drive uh, revenues through mm-hmm. contracts with larger corporates. Uh, and post that uh, so I did that for about 2 years and I actually found hospitality industry to be a little limiting uh, with the outlook I had towards life
1: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, that's what I decided to do my MBA and I joined uh, IMI
0: Delhi so quick uh, in now, and your father was in the navy right so they, you didn't have any pressure uh, you know, from your family to actually be in the defense forces because that's a very common theme that I see in friends that are you know from the army, navy background,
2: you didn't have those pressures. Uh actually, no. You know, honestly, I didn't have that pressure at all. You know, obviously, my my family would have liked if I would have taken up a defense profession, but it it never sort of came came from them uh, in any way. Uh, oh, yes. So pretty much. So you know, why would I join hotel management? I had no inclination. I didn't even know what hotel management is actually. So I think my <laughs> my parents were pretty okay with what I want to do and discover myself through that. Nice. So I think that. Yeah, that pressure wasn't you. there for me, yeah. Nice.
0: So, you went to Delhi for the management school? Yeah, I'm yeah. Sure. So,
2: I did my uh, MBA from IMI Delhi and uh, IMI, typically, uh, the recruitment from IMI is a lot in the finance space
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and that's something which I, uh, as, you know, is, is not sort of the space I, I really, really enjoy working on. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had left hospitality to get into something which is more, more uh, you know gives me more creative freedom to work and you know do do things a different way uh, mm-hmm. i sort of got in getting a sense that media was my calling uh during mm-hmm. my mba days and uh, and that's when i actually you know interviewed for a role which is which is off campus and uh, got a got a role into a company called worldspace satellite radio
0: oh yeah worldspace uh, yeah it's,
2: yeah it's a pretty interesting company i think they just hired me because i love that concept I actually mm-hmm. was one of the few owners of World Space Radio before it, would, it was even launched in India. Wow. You know, I, I love music, so I had actually purchased that product much before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they hired me. They don't know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love my passion <laughs> about, about mm-hmm. the company. Uh, and uh, they were about to launch in a couple of months. So they needed to sort of beef up the teams, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I was there. So I took on a very interesting role. I was actually uh, looking at large-volume Revenue and Brand Partnerships for WorldSpace. Okay. Uh, so that sort of opened up my new journey uh, post-hospitality where I actually was talking to a lot of marketeers about how do we, you know, bundle our product with your offering? How do we co-brand? How do we use, um, mm-hmm. co- you, know, you know, co-market ourselves and, you know, together become a bigger brand? A very interesting is- concept-selling conversation is what I used to have. Uh, I did that pretty well for about close to two years, and uh, that's when I moved on to, uh, so after about two years at WorldSpace, uh, so the company was, you know, had a very, very promising product. Uh, mm-hmm. Due to certain, certain regulatory issues in the country, uh, you know, the growth of WorldSpace was limited. Uh, WorldSpace Satellite Radio in the U.S. works in cars as well, uh, or, or or it's called as XM Radio in the U.S. It still sells, actually. Sirius and XM are two plans.
0: Sirius XM is still around in the US. They're
2: still around in the US, yeah, correct. And you would actually choose a car based on what satellite radio yeah. you're you getting. It's that strong. It used to be not anymore because the internet is sort of you
0: know, WordSpace, to be honest, I remember when I went to the same amount of time around the time when I went to college, mm-hmm. and once I passed out of my college, uh mm-hmm. WordSpace was one of the things that I wanted to buy for myself. It was yeah. expensive. I mean, I do not recall the exact number, but it yeah. was super operational. Yeah. And it was a cool have, right? I mean, you don't need radio. There was no ads and you could have channels that you yeah, yeah. like
2: that. National radio would play on your, your thing. Yeah, yeah, just just for the listeners, I'm not sure how many of them know about this but that was a, a subscription based satellite radio. Uh, yeah. You know, I think subscription for uh, radio didn't exist back then. We hear of it mm-hmm. now thanks to Spotify and some other platforms. But back then, mm-hmm. radio essentially meant free, you know. And how can you make somebody pay for radio? Uh, and mm-hmm. we were not cheap, you right, actually. We were about, if I remember, subscription was about 180 bucks a month. And you mm-hmm. would get about 48 stations, uh, 24 hours a day, playing one genre. So you have a station for pop, station for rock, station for Hindi classical, station for, uh, you know, different, different genres of music. So it was it was a great product. It was a great, uh, you know, we had so many loyal users of that product. It's not even funny.
0: Yeah, to me, you no, know, Rahul. Uh, I think I think one eighty bucks was not too expensive, but I think the the device was uh, expensive as well. You had to buy a certain device to be able to connect to satellite radio. Because
2: that's correct. That's correct. We we had a in India, WorldSpace had a association with BPL, and uh, we used to have uh, BPL produced speakers which were branded mm-hmm. as WorldSpace, and they were priced between uh, I think about two thousand to six thousand rupees. The different speaker yeah. ranges available for that, yeah correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that that was and that was actually it, a that was a big uh, challenge. challenge and drawback for that product as well. Yeah,
0: I think it's a classic case of product way ahead of its time because they were the ones to launch satellites in the space and make a make an entire network of those satellites and then and you know and then create a service around it. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I don't recall that details, but obviously, hmm.
2: uh, good
0: memories of you know school time coming back.
2: No, sorry, yeah. you you pretty much know the product. Actually, you're right. This is one of the few companies which invested in that. Uh, and to That level, yeah, correct, correct. But it's unfortunate the company eventually. Uh, so eventually, so WorldSpace now uh, is shut. By the way, so yeah. it, it was a NASDAQ listed company, and uh, mm-hmm. because of its heavy investments in the technology itself, and uh, not able to grow the subscriber base uh, to the to the required number, the stock mm-hmm. prices kept sort of falling. Uh, so if I'm not mistaken, 2010 is when is when the company sort of liquidated itself and moved out of the business.
0: I don't recall the details, obviously, because I was a consumer, uh, a consumer who never bought it. To be honest, I was always intrigued about it, but never got around to buy it. So yeah, uh-huh. I can, I can understand it. Must be tough for you, right, to sell it. But yeah,
2: yeah, yeah we are a, we are great. So we had AR are as a brand ambassador back then, mm-hmm. and you know we had oh. a great streak. Uh, mm-hmm. We we for the for the two years I was there, I think, I think uh, you know the brand was sort of at a very good peak and. Uh, very, very interesting conversations with, you know, CMOs of big brands uh, is what I used to have. So I used to really enjoy my time there.
0: So that, that must be great exposure for you. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean
2: yeah.
0: as a marketeer, imagine two, out of a, two years out of B-school, you are actually talking to yeah, 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 some yeah. CMOs. That must be like enriching as well.
2: Yeah. And you know what? Music uh, makes a very easy connect with people. Okay, So yeah, I was yeah. I was always passionate about music and dif- different genres as well. Okay, It's not just limited to genre I like. And mm-hmm. if you have a conversation with, uh, for a product like Workspace, with a marketing manager or a brand head or
1: somebody, and you, and
2: you ask them what's your space of music, and if yep. you are genuinely have an interest in that, you're able to contribute. Your conversations yeah. go really, really smooth. Yeah, uh, and is- it doesn't seem like work at all Yeah. So, okay, th- Workspace happened, and
0: then after that, what did what did you do? Where did you move
2: on? Uh, then I then then I moved to uh, BBC. Uh, I mm-hmm. I joined BBC. Uh, I joined BBC in Delhi where I spent about uh, close to two years uh, building the BBC's. Uh, mm-hmm. So my role was in business development. Essentially what I had to do was look at new avenues for BBC to be present in India. So okay. like, can we, can we have a play in the FM radio space? Though news mm-hmm. is not allowed, but is there a way we can uh, offer other content of BBC on FM? So I had mm-hmm. a lot of, I, so at that point of time, we did a partnership with the, uh, Big FM, Radio 1, uh, mm-hmm. various smaller stations across the country where we would provide uh, you know, non-news, cur- non-current affair content to these radio stations to be played top is- of the art. Uh, other mm-hmm. aspects like, and that's when I entered the digital space as well. How, how can we do bbc.com, uh, RSS syndication? You know, How do you syndicate mm-hmm. your news feeds to other portals? Uh, getting getting onto the Google platform. I'm talking about mm-hmm. 2009, 10. So the early days of internet in india as well in terms of usage of news etc getting yeah, bbc yeah. on uh, on on mobile platforms back then mm-hmm. uh, all the operators had a walled garden so you could actually only have limited number of uh, vast offerings made available through mm-hmm. a particular platform now it's all open now you can actually browse and go anywhere but previously yeah. if you were, if you were a vodafone or airtel customer you would actually be limited to the choices of media they would offer you
1: Got it. Uh, yeah. so how do you
2: get on there how do you make a revenue model out of that except cetera, what i was doing and mm-hmm. did that for about two years and then i moved to a, uh, a marketing role within bbc to take care of uh, bbc world service mm-hmm. for south asia yeah. and uh, i was marketing various language offerings for bbc so i did i did my so yeah so i spent about eight years at bbc and then most most of my role was in marketing, where I was actually uh, taking care of uh, BBC World News, the television channel uh, mm-hmm. for India, uh, mm-hmm. South Asia actually, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, BBC.com, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is a fairly popular news website right now as well, and mm-hmm. uh, and growing the language offerings of BBC across APAC. So BBC operates in various languages like. So, Bengali for Bangladesh, Urdu for Pakistan, Sinhala yeah, for yeah. Sri Lanka, Bahasa for Indonesia. So, yeah, and, yeah. And, that, and this is between 2011 to 2015 when all these languages were historically radio brands, but converting yeah. into either television or digital brands. So, mm-hmm. I would sort of read the entire transition, uh, mm-hmm. working with a lot of my editorial colleagues across various regions and uh, mm-hmm and a lot of business development uh, teams who are trying to sort of grow the BBC in various parts of the world. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: So I would sort of essentially create the inter- central brand structure for these teams to work on mm-hmm. and implement. Uh, yeah, so that was my journey at BBC. Very interesting, spent about good eight years. And, wow. uh, yeah. so, and then I moved on to uh, join a company which is a subsidiary of Icom 18.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, it's called Indiacast Media. Uh, it's essentially leads the uh it it it's, represents ycom's interest out of india so mm-hmm. ycom and new and tv18 uh the channels which they run are distributed mm-hmm. by this joint venture company called indiacast in india so, mm-hmm. so this distribution is another stream in media which is
1: uh which
2: sort of i'm not i'm sure you probably are aware of it but for listeners interest i can just
0: it's the same company, right? That licenses the content for various Indian uh, channels to diaspora markets in, say, US, Canada, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, right? Yeah. If i yeah. with VTV in a regional channel in, say, New York, IndiaCast yeah. would go and you know, right? That's that's what IndiaCast does. If I'm not wrong.
2: That's right. That's right. right. So IndiaCast, yeah, it's 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 uh, so yeah, it has two parts. IndiaCast plays essentially mm-hmm. two parts. One is in on the domestic front, on the India front. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it it distributes all these group channels about I think
1: yeah, about yeah, 50 yeah. to
2: 55 channels uh, mm-hmm. to consumers uh, through the distribution platforms available from DTH to cable. So, yeah, yeah. so that's that's the biggest chunk of the work it does. And also internationally, mm-hmm. it represents, uh, so it takes colors to US, it takes colors to UK, yeah. MTV India yeah. to US. So similarly, there are a slate of channels. So There's about 14, 15 channels which are uh, sort of distributed outside of India. And managing mm-hmm. the entire panel, including advertising sales to distribution and content, is what India Cars means. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. So, so, the reason why it was formed as a separate entity was because of the nuances these international markets needed uh, mm-hmm. and the expertise uh, which it needed. So, uh, yeah, so if you ask me, my role at India Cars was mostly international facing, and I would actually, at the time I joined, my role was to sort of put together a marketing structure for India Cars because these channels were just being launched in. Uh, or had launched, but not sort of fully grown, how do we build Mm -hmm. our own entity in a very competitive international market as well? So, you know, there are close Mm -hmm. to 15, 20 big channels being distributed to every part of the world right now from India. Uh, What makes colors distinct? What makes, you know, Rishte or uh, MTV India a distinct channel for consumers uh, is what I used to work on. And on the domestic front, uh, you know, ensuring that channel... uh, that's more of B2B, uh, you know, big platforms like, say, Tata Sky or an Airtel. Uh, where do they mm-hmm. place the group company channels? How are we promoting mm-hmm. the group company channels to, con- to their consumers, which are huge bases, mm-hmm. you know, 20 million, 30 million base of consumers who are watching,
1: yeah.
2: you know, on the Tata Sky box. How do we tell them what new show coming on that, on yeah. through their platform itself? So those mm-hmm. strategies, what I was building on.
0: So What is interesting to me is that, you know, I have been in the media communication uh, entertainment space for 10-15 years now and despite that even i do not know all the black boxes that exist without within the you know the world like for example india Cast. i was lucky to bump into somebody who worked at uh you know india Cast some you know five years ago and um, yeah. from that conversation, you know what you guys do right even otherwise i would not also have known so do you also want to touch upon some uh while you talk about your experience please touch upon some of these you know roles that people are not aware of like today, if I want to pass out of a B school and want to get into media and, and in, entertainment, yeah, all I yeah. know is that, you know, absolutely what I do. Like everybody is hired for ad sales and, you know, account management and, and stuff like that. Mm. But there are yeah, yeah. interesting roles. In the classes, you know? So, can you
2: think on those as well, please? So, I can quickly touch upon that, you know, essentially. Uh, so, I'll keep it to a broadcast level right now. I'm not going to an OTT platform because that That's- is a different ballgame altogether yeah so there are there are two revenue streams for a for any broadcaster which is one mm-hmm. is subscription revenue and second is the ad sales revenue uh, okay. globally uh, in in the in the western world actually not globally in the western world uh, your subscription revenues uh, account to about 70 to 80% of your revenue and 30% 20% is your ad sales revenue in mm-hmm. india the split is mm-hmm. almost half Okay, it's fifty okay. percent subscription, fifty percent ad sales. Yeah, but you're right, we only hear of ad sales uh, mostly, you know, in our day-to-day lives that this channel is yeah. selling sports, etc. But this
0: entire, because entire uh, like you know, stream of people that are called media sales executives who yeah, go yeah. around to all the and sell airtime uh, to them.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time there's this big parallel uh, universe existing of people who are actually driving sometimes half or maybe more than half of the revenue. From distributing the channel itself.
0: Got this, but we never get to hear about them. You know, to be fair, that
2: industry at some point of time wasn't as evolved uh, as it is right now. So imagine mm-hmm. when you would. Uh, so let's let if I take you 15 years back or 18 years back, there were not mm-hmm. a lot of DTH players. There were unorganized cable operators who would offer the channel right. to you and take money from you, and then this money would be passed on to various broadcasters who they were taking fees from. But there yeah. was no accountability. There was no. There was no. Uh, you know, digital mechanisms to understand who are they t- taking your channel to, what is happening, what is the number, how much should we pay, how much should we receive. All that mm-hmm. is sort of getting formalized, or has got formalized in the last, uh, you know, post uh, post the digitization phase, which happened five years ago. Yeah.
1: So yeah. now
2: the industry has become very formalized, and you know there are. It's 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 like ad sales itself. You know how how people will go and pitch and get a. You know, get a advertiser on board, but that's just team does it? The distribution team will negotiate with these large platforms or smaller platforms for a revenue basis, the reach they have, basis the content the channel is offering, and build a mm-hmm. scalable business.
1: So mm-hmm.
2: it's it's a very interesting space, and a lot of uh, in the broadcast space also, I must add mm-hmm. uh, a lot of senior people at this point of time have had distribution experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so anybody's looking at a looking at a entry into the media space and specifically mm-hmm. in sales uh, I think should evaluate both uh, distribution mm-hmm. and ad sales before taking a
1: decision
0: Got yeah super so India has happened and then you must have you know seen all those interesting markets consumer insight has anyways been your uh, favorite subject so you would have probably used it there right so talk to me about uh, so talk to me about some of interesting case studies wherein let's say you were trying to sell a channel to somebody in, in UK or US or something and you probably use consumer insight there so you want to have, talk about some case studies there? Some interesting anecdotes, some incidents, some case studies, some lesson. Uh,
2: yeah actually lots you know so strangely uh, some of these markets uh, though mm-hmm. they are developed markets the in the Indian or South Asian consumer there is actually mm-hmm. at sometimes 5 years behind the indians in india we have so their outlook towards how they perceive content or look at live or understand family values mm-hmm. are a lot more stricter than what indians really follow at this stage okay
1: wow so, so yeah it's
2: actually true it was a sort of a revelation for me like uh, like in parts of uk uh, mm-hmm. you know shows which show extramarital affair would not be appreciated by Indians sitting there.
1: Wow. So, like, and that. you assume sitting in
0: India that you know they're open society and they're yeah, okay? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would, they would sort of value that. Yeah. Correct, correct. And and within, uh, and one t- interesting aspect is because they're sitting uh, away from the country, uh, their perception also about. So the Indians, the Indians who probably visit India maybe once a year. Also, the way they. Yeah. Uh, assume things which are happening in India is way different than what India is actually going through.
1: So, okay. when so
2: I can give you an example. So, we, you know, everybody's heard of the show Big Boss. Yeah. Uh, so, the reactions of fans on social media in India is very different from what the reactions of fans in US or UK would do to a particular show which is being telecast the night before. Basis so for example if if there's been some sort of a scandal on that show the night before somebody like somebody mm-hmm. and expressed that on the show how the mm-hmm. indians would appreciate or behave would be very different from how the americans would do it mm-hmm. some of them would shun that some of them would some of wow. them would actually uh, not look at it in a positive light as well uh, so yeah so it's a very different consumer nice. behavior both uh, these all the markets actually in mm-hmm. you know, the middle east would behave differently from us to, to uk uh, so the, the challenging part about the role at IndiaCast was that how do you uh, how do you ensure that whatever content you're putting out and whatever you're communicating still holds the mm-hmm. brand value? You know your mm-hmm. your channel has a certain yeah. brand attribute, yeah. but you also localize it to the flavor of that particular market.
0: Got this. The brand ethos have to stay stay true, right? I mean, they have to uh, look at the brand in the same light that they would uh,
1: look at it in India, right?
2: That's that's exactly that's exactly why you know I was actually hired for the role as well, uh, you know mm-hmm. the idea was to make it look uh, very very <clears throat> similar to what the Indian brand attributes also hold for the channel, but the communication might change. Uh, I can give you another example, like in the Middle East, if you go and do mm-hmm. outdoor, uh, mm-hmm. there are certain restrictions and rules about uh, yeah. what women can wear in that particular image. True. Okay, so. True. Mm-hmm. Uh, in india when you do outdoor if you i'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you we've all seen a lot of hoardings of
1: yeah, either movies
2: yeah. or shows uh there is a fair amount of freedom to play with that obviously we also maintain certain yeah. self censorship and regulation on that but imagine you yeah. take something from a very scandalous show and put it in a in a hoarding on in dubai that's not going to fly right mm-hmm. it's going to be it's going to have either either regulate yeah, we'll get regulatory issues, and we'll be probably not be allowed to broadcast in the country anymore. Yeah. So yeah. From smaller uh, challenges to you know much larger, growing the consumer and sometimes consumers of these channels are not Indians only; they are probably uh, either the locals or South Asians who also want to watch such channels. So you need to you need to right. communicate to them as well. So that right.
0: was
2: a triple led challenge we had at all times to take care of.
0: So there's a friend of mine who's in New York and who's a stand-up comic and he performs in Hindi, as in you know, he does it for the diaspora audience. And he says in the clubs he goes he goes to, uh, yeah. on any given moment, more than 50% of people there are non-you know Southeast Asians. They're they're Spanish and they're Europeans and they're Russians. Wow. And even though they don't speak a zilch of Hindi, they still yeah. like the entire you know, flavor and vibrance of these comedians on the stage. So they come for that. And and they don't understand Jack Shek. So I have a question. So tell me now, suddenly from let's say BBC, wherein you are uh, trying to talk to consumers in Southeast Asian markets, uh, to going to India cast, wherein you were talking to almost every large market where Indians are, right? Yeah. How did you, yeah. what do you do to learn those nuances? Because, because after 10 years of working, they're not give you a, a, like a six month kind of a period to learn the ropes and understand the consumer and then create communication. How would what did you do to learn those consumers and the behaviors super fast? Like, did you help take help of the teams? Did you commission research? What was your uh, you know modus operandi there?
2: So yeah, commissioning. Yeah, we did. We did a lot of research in each of the markets. I you know, I'm I'm not a. I wish I could claim that I know a a lot of audience segmentation (laughs) without even going there, but Mm -hmm. I don't. So we had to do a lot of lot of uh, deep dive into consumer understanding. There was a lot of data available. Uh, in, in, in my role at cast All these markets which are developed have a very, very robust yeah. measure in place. Uh, and, you know, once you have data, you have a good understanding of what is happening on, with your audience, what is happening with the competition, and make, making analysis mm-hmm. post that is very, very easy. So, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of dependence uh, came from data, second came from the commission research, and third mm-hmm. came from uh, so obviously, India has offices everywhere in the world. Uh, not everywhere, but most major countries where yeah. we are running big distribution setups and sales setups, like U.S., okay, Middle East, and uh, some of the people we you know employed in this company in the in the Viacom International offices were maybe second-generation Indians or uh, and and a mix. So so you know, getting having conversations and bringing in these nuances really helped. And I would also talk to mm-hmm. the platforms as well. You know, the platforms are the best way to learn what people are watching so for example uh in the us one of the biggest platforms is dish which is a big uh, yeah. big distribution company in the us so having conversations with their uh, teams as to what sort of consumers do they have what are the scene evolving what is the take on indian content a lot of lot of inputs used to come and used to be very very handy for us to is to make our you know either a promo strategy communication strategy are paid spends mm-hmm. in those markets so yeah so mm-hmm. all 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 depending on various factors and lot lot on data to make things work
0: got this nice cool. so after india cast uh, what what next after india cast i
2: did a short stint at uh, a startup called cineplay uh, it was a startup okay. which was uh, owned by uh, subodh maskara and nandita das uh, essentially mm-hmm. a film studio uh, so mm-hmm. With me, I actually like to do a lot of experimentation at all stages. Mm-hmm. So so I mm-hmm. the reason I left news is because I wanted to get a flavor of what GC is. And mm-hmm. that's when I joined the YCOM group. And uh, post that, I wanted to get a flavor of what does it take to actually get into production and what's happening on the digital space. Yeah, so Cineplay was a play between, uh, was, was trying to find a sweet spot between what digital consumers are looking at and what sort of films are being produced right now in the market, Bollywood films, Hindi mm-hmm. films. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was a great concept. Uh, we've actually, it was a full fledged production house and I was heading the mm-hmm. entire business piece for them, uh, entire mm-hmm. sort of, sort of the group business uh, requirements, but we had to eventually shut down the company due to certain, uh, you know, differences which emerged uh, in the in, in the vision of the company and the promoters. Uh, so that got shut. And then that's when I moved on to uh, taking up a challenge at Shimaru Entertainment. And how long have you been in Shimaru now? So Shimaru has been close to two and a half, more than two and a half years now. Uh, wow, nice. I joined them in November 17. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's been a great, great uh, journey here.
0: So, what is a typical day like for you in office? Let's say you... I mean, just talk to me from the time you wake up till the time you, uh, you know, go back to sleep. And, and a regular day, right? Not the coronavirus-impacted, uh, you know, modified digital day. But a regular day in office, what would it be like?
2: So, so yeah. So, I... Okay, firstly, I enjoy my days, okay? <laughs> Every time. Not Shimaru ever as well. So, my days have to be a lot of fun. It has to be exciting and busy. So, if I have to break it up for you, what do I do during the day? Uh, let's see. Okay, let's let me put it as I divide into five parts for now. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the first part of my day, which is which is the morning part, where I sort of everyone kicks in and as it is at work. Uh, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about the lockdown period here. So, it'll the yep. first part of the day mostly would revolve around uh, looking at certain dashboards of performance. You know, well, mm-hmm. you know, as I mentioned, we run you know various businesses, so. I would be looking at OTT's performance, which could be from installs to subscribers to, you know, the churn, the you know, the minutes of usage we've had. Uh, what sort of yeah. new markets have we entered into? Uh, yeah. Followed by we have you know a, a business of selling products to retail. What's happening on that front? So essentially, most more of putting together an MIS and dashboard to get a get a sense of what's happened uh, in that period or the television channel performance, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but I don't sort of limit it to that. I actually plug it in with a lot of appreciation for the teams. So I don't do that alone. Mm-hmm. I actually bring in uh, my director bodies into these these sort of forums yeah. and meetings, which which I do. And I and I really like to start the day on a positive note. So uh, mostly it would be a lot of appreciation for what people have done. Um, mm-hmm. I you know I actually always believe that every team member or every person can perform as well as the next person. So there is no favoritism mm-hmm. I can actually want to bring in. So I make it a very, very fresh start the next day in the morning. That, Guys, mm-hmm. this is what we've done. This is what the numbers are. Let's let's go on. And then obviously, you know, it's a marketing role. So I have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, internal uh, teams, which I have to sort of sit together and give a lot of approvals on either a creative mm-hmm. or, yeah. a, or a comms piece or something like that. Uh, that Definitely. sort of is my second part of the day where I'm looking at a lot of approvals to be churned out because work has to continue. yeah uh, followed by i I obviously do take out some time in the day to meet uh, you know new partners or possible partnerships we should be looking at. so uh, there are it could range from publishers who are trying to uh, talk to Shimaru for advertising on their platform to event companies who are coming up with new IP ideas to uh, mm-hmm. you know, any any new digital startup setup, which which things can add value to what we have, so that's sort of like okay. the third part of the day, followed by mm-hmm. a lot of internal meetings uh, with various business old business mm-hmm. heads, you know, because of the multiple businesses I take care of from a marketing point yeah. of view, and uh, usually the last part of the day is actually most of my interaction with agencies. Uh, mm-hmm. So the agencies we work with, uh, it could be creative media, PR. Mm-hmm typically agencies also do like to work slightly you know more towards <laughs> more towards evening so that works well yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. that's my day typically it's uh, it's it mostly ends up with some discussion with the agencies before i close for the day yeah
0: done yes. so uh, tell me uh, a very quick a question that a lot of people want us to ask to other you know cmo's is is that you know uh, so what other business functions within the company do you talk to? Like, you know, everybody assumes marketing will talk to one creative agency, one digital agency, and then yeah. they will go back home happy. But at your level, I'm sure you talk to even the stakeholders of the company, right? And the shareholders. Yeah, also, yeah. And the management, right? So what are those key contacts? I mean, who are those people that you talk to on day to day basis in the business, in, in the, in the, in the company? Uh,
1: no.
2: So, yeah, I think, I think we have a, it's, it's a fair question what you asked, uh, uh, a lot of people think that the marketing role is limited just to take out the or communicate what the company has created uh, yeah. and do it in the best way possible. You know, it's creating creating very cool looking ad spots or yeah. <laughs> you know doing going for photo shoots, etc. Which is there, which is which is there, but it's not it's not the majority part of uh, a marketer's role. I think uh, end of the day, uh, an organization exists to you know, fulfill the commitment it has to the board and mm-hmm. it range from uh, whatever it is, whatever the KPIs organization has overall, it could be from revenue to growth to uh, users to whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that understanding uh, every marketer should have very, very clearly, firstly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to have that understanding, if marketing doesn't input into the business mm-hmm. or into the product, uh, it's going to be very difficult for a company to grow. So mm-hmm. At least at Shimaru, uh, you know, we are marketing is just not a team which goes and communicates. We are essentially a team which is as essential as every business which exists. So, so we sit on uh, from say annual operating plans to monthly revenue projections to uh, change in say a product or a content piece, etc. From the from the genesis itself, so we don't sort of come into play once everything is done. We input from scratch. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yes, our speciality is as a team to communicate and you know to make
1: mm-hmm. get more and more
2: consumers to look at our product or buy a product, which is what mm-hmm. we focus on. But we don't just do that only. We take take kind of lot of other KPIs along with the businesses uh, because I because otherwise it'll be you know two teams working in silos. We would not understand mm-hmm. why we're we doing it. What sort of investment should we do? what scale are we looking at to operate uh, so i think that understanding of the business is more critical i would say for a marketeer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, communication i feel you know you have a lot of agencies who can help you and support you with that actually mm-hmm. uh, you know you can you as long as you are you've got your objective right the agency can come and fine tune that for you
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, but that understanding only comes if you understand the business well and have a have a say in the business mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
0: So, uh, okay, tell me, imagine you want to hire a new agency, right? Assume karo aapko, uh, you want to get your AOR, You move and find a new AOR. So mm-hmm. what are those things that you will tell them before they even come for a pitch? Like, you know, pre-pitch briefing, so what would you expect them to read about, know about before they meet you? Like, you know, what is important to you as a marketeer uh, when you start to look for
1: partners? Uh,
0: okay, I...
2: I would love to make a claim that I don't like to get call for pitches <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times I don't actually call for a pitch
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: when I want to work with a company or an agency uh, mm-hmm. I think uh, what really really drives me to work or you know excites me to work with a partner or an agency is is their level of excitement about the space the company is operating in for example Shemaru operates in the space of say Bollywood content Mm-hmm. Uh, or say space of syndicating large volume of content creating mm-hmm. regional content if the partner's sensibility matches that the agency's sensibility mm-hmm. matches that or is at sometimes even better than what i have or my teams have have uh, as a as a you know and okay. their, their caliber that's when the excitement for me kicks in uh mm-hmm. and we start working together
0: Good. So essentially, uh, let me ask the question in a different manner. I mean, probably I didn't get the question across to you well. So if you were to define Shimaru's customer, let's say, so what do you know, who do you think is, is an ideal Shimaru customer? Who do you market to?
2: So Shimaru, uh, essentially as a brand, we mm-hmm. we talk to people. Or as a brand, we are unabashedly Indian. Okay, we are as desi as we can be, and we have mm-hmm. no, we know, we don't, we don't, we're not, we not pretending to be something we're not. We are desi. We love the Bollywood masala sort of flavor mm-hmm. content. So as a whole, though the brand, though, though the company operates in various vertical businesses which have different set of consumers, overall mm-hmm. as a brand, we appeal to the set of Indian audiences who are looking for that masala experience. Good,
1: super.
0: Okay. So, so imagine us
2: as an extreme opposite of Netflix is what I would say.
0: Got this. You know,
2: we, we are talking to the mass, mass, the big, the big India rather than that 1% India which is watching English content.
0: Got this. Super. Okay. A uh, couple of tough questions coming your way. So, yeah. imagine imagine you were told that your time is over in and you need to now take a different role within the group or whatever. But before you go, you need to hire a replacement for you. And this could be a person from your team or it, this could be an outsider or this could be you know uh, some third party altogether so what kind of r- skills would you want that person to have
1: it's
2: a very very interesting question because uh, yeah uh okay i actually do think about it sometimes if you ask me it's not something which mm-hmm. you know sort of you've hit me but i didn't mm-hmm. i i've not sort of structured my thoughts so well but let me let me make an attempt to this yeah yes, so as a, as a thinking. as a leader i I do think of succession planning and, you know, what kind of person should sort of come up. And if, if I move to a next role, who can sort of fill in and do this very, very well. Uh, Something which come top of the mind to me are, uh, I think we, Shimaru is in a very, very different phase altogether, you know, 57 Mm -hmm. years, but the action we've picked up in the last two and a half years is another level. Uh, You know, I joined the company and I sort of did the entire rebrand to make, the new imagery of the organization and post that we've launched so many consumer facing businesses on the mm-hmm. back of new identity, which didn't mm-hmm. exist before. So these are uncharted territories for us. Uh, and, you know, the, the vision is very, very big mm-hmm. and strong. So I think the the biggest point I would put here is somebody who takes on the role has to be very, very agile. You okay. know, you cannot, you have to be nimble. footed You can't mm-hmm. be making uh you know, plans which are cast in stone. Mm -hmm. You have to keep, you know, so so the the agile model, you have to just keep moving and changing as the environment changes in the organization or the consumers or the product or the business. Mm -hmm. That's very, very important. Uh, Thinking out of the box, second is the most important aspect here, because uh, as I mentioned, marketing is also trying to play a role here in the organization of Creating certain businesses or helping in fine-tuning businesses. So, how can we help fine-tune a product? How can we f- help fine-tune an offering? And mm-hmm. that happens. Obviously, you have a lot of research, which can happen, but you need to think out of the box. You need to think and have that courage to take that step. So that's very very important. And mm-hmm. uh, I think the final thing I would be, would would say is somebody should be able to lead great teams because. Uh, I think we've uh, you know I've built a really, really strong team of marketeers uh, at Shamaru. Uh mm-hmm. Not that they were not great marketers before they worked with me, but mm-hmm. they were, you know the, mm-hmm. the the sort of uh, the team which we've put together, which I've put together uh, is extremely, extremely talented and committed and strong. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so whoever takes on takes on as a leader next uh, should have the ability to you know build great teams as well that this team mm-hmm. continues to flourish
0: yeah. Got this. okay next question which is again uh, I believe a lot of people find tough to respond to is that let's say you're talking to assume that uh, I've done my MBA from a decent B school I'm yeah. 5 years out of the campus yeah. and I'm struggling at the lower to mid management kind of a you know role uh, and I'm seeing that you know uh, somebody like you who's taken like 13-14 years to reach the top of the ladder at a fairly largest company a publicly traded company Okay. what did you what did you do different that you've reached that high i mean not everybody from IMI from your batch in the marketing function would be a cmo right i mean just like look at it from that perspective so what did you do different that allowed you to reach this far
2: what did i do different actually uh,
0: and what, what what can i do let's let's say for example if i'm 5 years experience right now what can i do to you know become what you are
2: i think the ability to overcome and have a voice is very very important is what i feel you know uh, and mm-hmm. a lot of us, I did the mistake as well when I was in my early early years of my career. I would actually, you know, have a certain thought and not put it out because I would I don't want I don't want to stand out. I don't want to be you know cushioned mm-hmm. more, etc. I think somebody who has the courage to put out what they feel and what they think is right for the company or right for what they're doing uh, are some are are sort of uh, people. I really admire, and that's what I started doing much early on when I realized that I wasn't doing that, so having an opinion is very very important it, mm-hmm. it may not it may not always be you, you don't want the yes men around you at all times is what I'm trying to say so
1: mm-hmm. how
2: can you genuinely have an intent to help the company? Mm-hmm. second is i I hear a lot of people talk about uh something called as work life balance you know you should mm-hmm. all do that, yes, very, very mm-hmm. important, but sometimes when you're when you're so passionate about your work. You know, mm-hmm. you, you don't really think that going to work is, you know, going to be, is going to be pain. How am I going to get up and go? And I'm going to do this, do this. I can't do all this. So when mm-hmm. you are seamlessly building a boundary about what you love to do, mm-hmm. you start performing very, very well. And I think that's, that's a cue which people should look at early on mm-hmm. in their career. When am I feeling that what I'm doing right now is seeming like a job to me? I mm-hmm. think it's time to look at some other career. No,
0: that's,
2: that's a nice one. So, nice one. The minute you find the sweet spot, just go for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I fortunately found my calling. Uh, you know, I I love both media and marketing, and mm-hmm. uh, I found my sweet spot and I built on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I obviously did change a lot of things in my career. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, from the way I would, uh, and and a lot of it comes to learning as well. You know, I I I always believe you have to keep continuously learning uh, to mm-hmm. be a good leader, to be able to lead very very strong teams. If you stop learning, then I think that's that's the day you will stop growing as well. Got this. I'm saying formal learning, a formalized learning as well, not like just reading papers, you know.
1: Got,
0: it. got this. That's a to, to augment your skills, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Know, Got this. Got this. Got
1: yeah. It. Cool. yeah.
0: So the next set of questions is, you just mentioned briefly that you launched uh, Shimaru all over again once you came in, like, you know, the new logo, the new branding, the
1: new color, yeah. the new yeah.
0: So maybe we can spend some time on what was the process like. What was the brief? What was the mandate from your management? How did you go about it? Uh, you know, you must have spoken to five or six agencies. Uh, they yes. would have come up with various concepts, and then you would have taken one concept and then launched
2: it. Yeah, I have in my past before I joined Shumaru, uh launched shows to films to, you know, launched channels in different territories, but mm-hmm. never worked on a, on a, on a brand rehaul uh as such so uh so for mm-hmm. me it was also very very interesting and uh and sort of challenging uh, opportunity so i think uh one thing i have to give to uh you know our shimaru's ceo and CO, which is uh mm-hmm. and kranti i think mm-hmm. uh, there is a very they're very clear about what the company should be okay, so okay. there are there are no there are no gray areas you know in their mind and. Mm-hmm. When I obviously when I met them, I was told about what the role is and what they want to do with the organization, etc., and how they want to build, and why I'm at the right fit, and you know I had like series of questions to ask. And These were one of my longest interactions for a role I've ever done with mm-hmm. you know in my life. Uh, but the clarity I got really helped me.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, what I did immediately after joining Shimaru was to not brief agencies actually. I said, let me just take some time and speak to people who Shimaru matters and what they think about Shimaru. Mm-hmm. So, so essentially understanding what your partners are talking about you, what your consumers are talking about you, mm-hmm. what your internal employees are talking about you, what think about you. Uh, so Shimaru is mm-hmm. about 800 people, uh, 800, you know, people, strong organization. Uh, so when we started talking to various set of people from partners to vendors to consumers to... And within consumers, different segments as well, different yeah, yeah, regions, yeah. different markets. Uh,
0: and they see people as you said, right? As they see as you can get. Yeah,
2: yeah, but but yeah, but everybody had a had a had a different understanding. It was like the elephant, you know, the blind elephant mm. with the blind man, where mm. everybody whatever past they touch, though so would if you talk to if we, if I would go talk to a telecom operator, they would say, yeah, yeah Shimaru's is a great, vast player. Mm. And mm. They would know they won't know much about other things Shimaru does if you go and talk to a. Consumer who's consuming devotional content, yeah, yeah, Shamaru makes the best devotional content. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. Because it had so many aspects to it. So we put that all together. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we started talking to agencies. And uh, the first thing we wanted to do at Shimaru was to change the way we appear. We just felt, I think that was collectively agreed by the management that the logo currently may not be something which is as appealing because it's been mm-hmm. 57 years, you know, I've got to change. But the yeah. more, I, more I sort of got deeper in my role within a month, i realized that it's not the logo i think mm-hmm. it's what do we do with the logo is more important what do we communicate
1: Goodness. and
2: uh, and that's when we had our series yeah that's when we had pitches honest we had a lot of pictures which were done uh, mm-hmm. we were also working with uh, a very a very well renowned uh, you know consulting firm called equator headed by mm-hmm. uh, ramesh Shoot thomas there uh, mm-hmm. So we call him Marjity. And uh, he was already working with Shimaru as a as a consultant, guiding Shimaru to the journey of mm-hmm. changing itself. And mm-hmm. uh, so we would we would sort of discuss and dabble what do we do, what do we do next. So I realized in the course of time that it's not a design challenge what Shimaru is facing right now. I think what mm-hmm. we do with after changing the design is equally more important. And that's when we finally did a series of pitches and we onboarded uh, Ogilvy uh, mm-hmm. to take on the mandate for Creating uh, the new identity of Shimaru. okay, uh, and that process itself is a fairly long process. It'll take me like a long time to go through that. But yeah, that took us that took us a good four month period uh, mm-hmm. to sort of create what we look and uh, you know what is our brand ethos, what is the brand architecture. The company had various various sub brands Shimaru were created which didn't have any attribution to the overall mother brand, mm-hmm. etc. So uh, so yeah so the, the look while the look was being developed what do we communicate about the organization uh, including you know what are the different sub brands in the company uh, how can we use the new brand to launch various new businesses will the new businesses fit within the brand architecture a uh, lot of lot of work went on and i must thank uh, you know our partners at that point of time which is ogilvy and uh, rpr agency which is avian uh, mm-hmm. we sort of spend you know a lot of lot of time thinking this through and obviously i had the support of you know, my, my bosses to the entire process. Uh, so, so though it, you know, at some days it would seem like a herculean task, but I think it all mm-hmm. went very smoothly. And then we were ready to sort of go out and uh, communicate what we look like and feel like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we ultimately, as so far as I mentioned, you know, when you work with certain experts who know that space very well, like a partner like Ogilvy, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of assurance you get about what you're doing, right. Uh, you know, makes you sleep in the night as well.
0: Got it. Yeah.
2: So, so that really helped. Uh, and uh, and yeah. So then then the challenge also came is came because everybody. So Shimaru, it's a public listed company, but a lot of uh, the top management uh, is uh, with the fam is held by the family as well. Mm-hmm. So, and some people are not part of the company as well. So how yeah. how do you communicate that this is what you're going to change the company to?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, you know,
2: Shimaru was standing as entertainment in finite before, but now you're going to make Shimaru as India Khushua. That's a tagline.
0: Yeah, I was about to ask you about that. That's a brilliant yeah. tagline. To
2: have, no? Yeah, yeah. So how do you how do you go about and do that and the clarity? So I made multiple yeah. decks for different stakeholders to make them understand. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, every time I would present to a very senior member within the organization uh, or or part of the family, I would actually understand where they're coming from and and present the deck in, in that manner. I would actually rearrange the, certain content pieces on the floor uh, mm-hmm. to sort of give them the picture, the bigger picture, but what we're mm-hmm. trying to achieve. Uh, and that worked really well, I think, the preparation we did to get by. And and after a point, everybody was in love with the way the colors of Shimaru logo were coming out because we wanted to be an Indian masala entertainment brand. And yeah. we, we didn't want, we didn't want our logo to, we, we, we were sure that if somebody looks at the logo they should have some reaction mm-hmm. either you love it which we hope everybody does or you have some oh what is this like you know anyway, <laughs> what's this sort of design
1: so
2: we wanted to achieve we want to stand out we wanted to make a make a mark and uh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you may live love him you may hate him but you will not ignore
1: him so yeah I think that, that's where it is right
2: yeah 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 I, I would I would uh, as as a marketer I can't say that but yeah you got it right <laughs> Correct. Correct. Yes. So yeah, so that was the journey, and uh, it worked brilliantly. And then we had to get ready for launching our OTT platform, Shamaru mm-hmm. Uh And that sort of, you know, was one of our first consumer offerings. Uh, we took out after the brand was refreshed into the new entity. Mm-hmm.
1: So,
0: so that is tough question again i do not know if this is relevant or not tell me if this is not a relevant question yeah, so yeah. even though you said even though you've said that you are a mass indian brand and very different from a netflix or yeah. from you yeah. know, a, a foreign ott player in india yeah. but actually you are fighting for the same pie right i mean if if a consumer has let's say 10 bucks to spend on entertainment they yeah. will probably you know divide it against all the ott platforms that they have so yeah. in this cluttered world wherein you have like so many ott channels coming up uh, how do you keep your edge? What is the biggest challenge that you face there? What do you do about it? How yeah. do you plan to, you know? So that one big question I have.
2: No, I, I so, so I, we, I don't see it that way, Saurabh. Actually, I don't really see that. Uh, you know, the pie is limited, especially, okay. especially in OTT. You know, I think, I think the pie is not even like one tenth served right now. It's, it's a huge, huge space and opportunity available for even 50 more brands to come in right now. Okay. Uh, okay. But the idea is uh, what is your brand talking about? So Netflix has identified a certain zone. It wants to talk to people mm-hmm. who probably are of a certain affluence, have a certain mm-hmm. style, have a certain daily habit
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and have a hence have a need of watching XYZ sort of content.
0: Got this.
2: Shimaru, me, uh, operates differently. We okay. are essentially uh, aiming to tap into the larger masses of mm-hmm. India who who at this point of time are television audiences. They're not OTT audiences. Okay. But we all know and all data and everything predicts that people will start consuming content on digital platforms. Correct?
0: On, on, on tablets or whatever.
2: Yeah, well, what if mobile? It's already happening. You know, ev- everybody's claiming, uh, you know, 300 million daily active users, etc., wow. etc. Et yeah. numbers. So it's yeah. obviously a big number happening. Mm -hmm. that audience so we are essentially trying to come into play and we are trying to build a sense of familiarity into the audiences of what they're used to as television viewing we are making that bridge between television viewing to digital platform Mm -hmm. so i would if if you if you if you have maybe make a spectrum chart i would place Mm -hmm. netflix as the extreme end and us on the other left end okay so netflix amazon prime would all come to sort of right side model where they're Mm -hmm. talking to a slightly more reformed audience who knows how to operate ott platforms who knows how to log in do this do that etc so, yeah.
1: okay.
2: so we are we are essentially the more massy ott mm-hmm. player who is trying to tap into what the, the the television base right now in india okay when they move to digital similar to what probably so youtube mainly, does if you ask me
0: or, or is it can i can i say that you know you're talking to a cousin of mine who lives in a small town in Haryana, who's, you know, who's got internet connection, but he doesn't know what to do with it. Are you going to talk to that person?
2: Yeah. So, so your cousin in Haryana uh, has, has a smartphone, has yeah. probably dabbled with YouTube, understands yeah. WhatsApp, knows, uh, you know, knows what to do with the phone apart from telephony. Yeah.
0: Uh, and clearly has the money, right? Money and the time to invest. Has he, ha- has the intent and wants to watch
2: some sort of familiar content, and that's when Bollywood comes into play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we are mm-hmm. essentially a Bollywood OTT app.
0: Got it. That familiar content is a nice line. I think I mean, that's an interesting one. Familiar content is an interesting one.
2: Yeah, yeah. Familiarity is what we play with. And uh, so, mm-hmm. when you put on our OTT, you will see something you'll probably have, oh, oh, I know this film. Okay, yeah, let me just see it again. Or then, Got oh, it. wow, there's a new film which has come up. Let's. Try. So, we try to play with that emotion right now.
0: Got this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 like other ODT players, do you also get into that entire space wherein you will say that, you know, we will commission these big bucks to create a original series for us, which will be super high impact. Do you guys play that game as well? No. Uh,
2: no, so at this point of time, we're not playing that game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, our, our strength actually is more around films. So, mm-hmm. not only Bollywood, we also have uh, a lot of regional films which we focus on. So, Gujarati, Marathi... Yeah, those-
0: and see only in the library and the catalog that Shimaru has, right? I mean, I mean, instead of you acquiring those, you probably have these uh, in in the system already, or you still go out which, and acquire them.
2: Which which gives us a big strength. Our existing content bank uh, of you mm-hmm. know more than four thousand films or seven thousand films actually gives us a good boost. But yeah, mm-hmm. we have to acquire a lot of new content uh, on a, on a so on on Shamaru Me, we run a platform called uh, Bollywood Premiere on every Friday, we premiere uh, a Bollywood film
1: yeah.
2: on digital platform. So that film yeah. has maybe gone on theater, but yeah. has never been played on any digital platform—Amazon, yes. Netflix, Eros, nowhere. So we put that film for the first time to audiences. And you know, this could, this could, this may not be your uh, you know Salman Khan blockbusters, but these are great films like say One Day Justice Delivered by Anupam Kher. Gone you God. know, Pahar So we bring films for the first time for audiences as well on an ongoing basis. God, uh, God. And that we do across all our languages as well. We offer on the OTT.
0: Got this. Yeah. Cool. So uh, the next set of questions around Corona, uh, coronavirus. So tell me how has life changed uh, since, uh, you know, we went into a lockdown almost two months ago. Today, I think it's exact two months since we locked down uh, the entire country. Uh, how has life changed for you and for shimaru as a business yeah so uh yeah i think
2: there has been a significant impact uh mm-hmm. on on how we operate as a business uh there are there are within the company we have seen some businesses which have seen a good probably a good surge
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, which could be around say an ott part of the of the business or television as well
0: mm-hmm.
2: so, That has been a good surge. There
0: are other businesses which have
2: also seen not as much, uh, you know, opportunities of growth because of the lockdown. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, and I wouldn't wouldn't speak for the organization right now. It'll be more my personal views at this stage.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think we
2: know that this is not going to be forever. It's going to change and things are going to be again back on track in some way or the other. Mm -hmm. So... So, so we are still focusing on a bigger picture. You know, we are on a mission to sort of, as I mentioned, which we started about two and a half years ago, to to grow rapidly and uh, and to grow in a big way. I think that's not changing for us. Uh, while we take a small pause right now,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, while we sort of realign some some of our objectives, etc., mm-hmm. uh, that's something which we're focusing on. And from a marketing point of view, if you ask me specifically, I think yeah. what what my challenge right now is to uh, see. We we just we we. But it's not too too long ago that we started introducing consumer consumer facing businesses. So we did some understanding of what consumers think, feel, uh, you know, their their attributions, etc. But that's gonna change a lot now post post the opening up. Uh I think that's what I'm focusing on right now is to what are the new consumer segments which emerge. Uh
1: mm-hmm.
2: how do we sort of play a part in their lives now? Uh, Go you know, to- post this what are the mm-hmm. new audience cohorts we have to you know put in my ott uh you know mis systems mm-hmm. uh, essentially the idea is that you know the hopes and aspirations of how of consumers have changed of mm-hmm. all of us have changed actually you know yeah. we all yeah. gone through a big big phase and that reflection uh, of what it is is what i'm trying to sort of build right now
1: mm-hmm. got right
0: so um meko batao you've been obviously you've been a curious marketer you've uh, understood consumers and you've been on startup size as well mm. uh, if i told you that you know rahul you have to quit shimaru in the next 2 months and start a new business mm. uh, what would you do what kind of opportunities do you see getting created as part of this covid crisis around us
2: oh, okay like that <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like to try ask tough questions I mean I don't want to ask you about things that you've rattled off you know answers to already in various forums so I just want to know you as an individual right? so so, Like for example, what do you think is a great opportunity right now like I talked to a different marketeer he said he said that you know what he do is he will open a kitchen that will deliver super hygienic food to people around his locality he doesn't want to do a scaly massy pan India business he's saying I have a kitchen we already do that,
2: by the way. Uh, we run a brand called Mukka in Shimaru. Mm-hmm. It's, in a, it's in a POC stage right now. Uh, okay. it's, it's, it's actually Bollywood-style food. Uh, it's a cloud oh, kitchen concept. We already do that.
0: Is it already presented in office?
2: Yeah, it's, it's, so it's available right now in delivery for uh, parts of Bandra, Santa Cruz and Andheri. Yeah, wow. never
1: expected
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. It's, it's called Mukka by Shimaru. And okay. uh, you'll have some very interesting menu when you go into that and find
0: things. I love the name, Mukka is a great name to have. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Nice. So, How did you come up with the name?
2: Uh, yeah, again, you know, working with some really good, cool minds at the agency front.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: but yeah, the idea was to be distinctive and uh, have to yeah, have a Bollywood appeal in the name. Yeah, it
0: is. It uh, is,
2: it is it without, is. so we don't want to call it Bollywood Cafe. That's too boring. You
0: know, God is, God is. That's when Mukka
2: came. Came up okay.
0: with. so what would i do uh,
2: if you ask me as a business what would i launch uh,
0: and this could be non kimaru also right i don't yeah, know, yeah. Really. i'm
2: i'm thinking i'm actually thinking what do i like doing uh, oh, okay. and what's my sort of space i really
0: i would actually probably
2: look at you know entering the hospitality business right now mm-hmm. uh, which is where i did start my career from i think it's mm-hmm. that's changed you know that's not going to be the same anymore Koste. I think that's the most mm-hmm. affected industry, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I think the way the current setup of hospitality industry doesn't cater to the revised mindsets people have,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
2: or the way things have to operate. So my bet would be to enter into hotel business mm-hmm. uh, and and create uh, create business hotels across major metros in the country, which mm-hmm. uh, which essentially take care of all the requirements we have uh, post coronavirus, not only from a regulatory point of view, but from a mm-hmm. what the consumer is looking from point of view. No, what, what is happening is we all are putting these uh, various levels of things to be done, to dos at every step, like social distancing, yeah. you should sanitize yeah. your hair, etc. What is the mm-hmm. consumer thinking from hospitality right now is very important to think of. What can mm-hmm. I offer him differently when he enters my hotel? Yeah. As compared to other hotels who are just following guidelines right now to to run room business, that's the space mm-hmm. I would look at. I don't know if it's I've not really thought thought this too well, but maybe if I do, I'll I'll first bounce it off with you if I look at the business.
0: I just I just hope that you if if you do take it, I hope uh, you know your team does not come back to me and tell me that you have a in I don't want to be that <laughs> person. So, yeah, yeah that's I, true tell me what what kind of, uh, so obviously as a marketer you must be reading a lot, consuming a lot, talking to mm-hmm. other seniors, they
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Know, you know, other colleagues in industry. So tell me uh, some interesting branded initiative or a marketing message that you've seen in the current times that you yeah. really like for coronavirus or, or you know, spreading hope or something.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, there are actually quite a, some really good work happening right now if you ask me. Uh, Okay, by the way, Saurabh, have you seen our really cool email signatures, Shimaru's? No, so I have not. We've created this set of email signatures, which are called, if email signatures were honest, and okay. it will say, I send this email while making, or wait, 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 counting cooker ki city CT. I send this uh, email while watching uh, the end credits of uh, the binge, binge show I was watching, or watching Ramayan, or between a set of push-ups. They're really cool. I'll send it to you. Have a look. Yeah, I think I'm one sorry. brand which has done it well uh, for me, I would say. I think yeah. uh, what they've done well is they've a non-stop advertising. They are yeah. one of the biggest spenders right now uh, in in the in the advertising pie, yeah. even during the lockdown. And the, I love the idea of bringing back the retro ads with the Ramayana and the Mahabharats. I think okay. I think that killed it for me. I think when they Started bringing back some of their old ads, which they had played uh, with mm-hmm. the right topical programming, uh, which, which the ads were showing. I think that was beautiful. Uh, I, it, it, sort of, it's not the most obvious thing a marketer would actually bring in. They, they, mm-hmm. they connect with the audience. They bought through the ads were beautiful, and I think that's but, something which the brand will sort of keep enjoying for a long period. Connect. What
0: brand is this? Amul. 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 Oh, I miss the. I miss the.
2: Sorry, yeah, yeah. So, so I'm not but yeah. So I don't know if you've uh, if you've been watching any television, but Amul is one of yeah, Amul continues to be advertising on Amul did a lot of spends during the Ramayan speak, which Durdashan saw. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And they also bought back some of their old nostalgic ads, which they made 20, 30 years back. Ah got this. When
0: we were
2: kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were kids, uh, these ads were playing.
0: The eros person, Manas, Manas city Yeah. So, he also mentioned that he's super inspired by Amul's story, communication. I, I don't know if it's something about OTT people and Amul. I don't know what's the connection here. But he was the other person who mentioned a lot about Amul and, uh, you know, what they do as a company.
2: Oh, okay. And I think probably because uh, maybe, you know, both Eros and Shimaru are sort of very Indian brands. Uh, yeah. I, I think a lot of our thoughts go to Indian brands immediately. But, Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So anyway, so so Amul is
2: one. What other brands do you think are interesting in, in this time in these times? What are the brands? Uh, I think what else? Who's the, other? I you know in 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 the competitive landscape uh, in so not in the competitive landscape. I say the media industry overall, which something which I really liked was uh, was a brand film which Sony put together. They took all okay. the big actors like Amitabh Bachchan to. Yeah. Yeah. uh you know the south rajnikan stars etc and put together a beautiful concept piece uh mm-hmm. and they did it in such timely fashion and uh with clear communication that i think that sort of really really f- kept felt an impact to me again mm-hmm. a beautiful uh initiative mm-hmm. what happens is, you know at times during this most organizations the marketeers will be like oh what can i do now i can't do much but mm-hmm. brands who take Don't stop are are really what I appreciate. You know, I think you've got to continue. So, I think that was really
1: good.
0: Yeah. Okay, last set of questions, uh, sir. Uh, First and foremost, as a marketeer who's pretty young, sir, uh, are there any gadgets that you recommend to aspiring marketeers? What gadgets do you use? What apps do you use on those gadgets? What is your technology use like? Because going forward, digital will become an important tool, and you have to be a tool Yes. You do it. Yes. So, are there some gadgets and some apps that you like? Dig on.
2: Call- yeah. So I, uh, you know, it's I don't do it because I want to tap into that consumer mindset. But I have an inherent liking for some some uh, gadgets. Uh, mm-hmm. One is my PlayStation. I actually,
1: wow.
2: uh, I like gaming, uh, mm-hmm. and I. Now though I have kids now who are old enough to be gaming, but I still like mm-hmm. my uh, sort of PlayStation as a console as my gadget. Uh, mm-hmm. I on 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 the gadget front, apart from that, I actually like my my you know my Bose my Alexa Bose speaker where I get mm-hmm. my updates from in the morning, etc. And my mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's so super super efficient. I, I love that part of it. Uh, so those are the two gadgets I love. I think my my Bose. And my PlayStation, of course, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
2: followed by my Mac. I would say, um, mm-hmm. in terms of apps, which I uh, which I use, uh, I use a lot of LinkedIn these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think I get a lot of information from LinkedIn. Uh, I use, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of productivity apps, actually, I don't use a lot. I used to use some of them previously. Uh, but mm-hmm. I've discontinued using productivity apps right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually like to define my own style of productivity which which I've sort of developed over the years and i and I do that myself now. So that's not mm-hmm. happening. A lot of banking is what I do uh, mm-hmm. in terms of apps online and uh, and of course, you know some of the some of the really cool ott consumption et cetera, which happened uh, and followed by some dabbling in some apps like Headspace, uh, you know um, golf, fit etc to get some nice. fitness and mental health yeah
0: so okay last two last two questions tell me if i told you that rahul you have to throw a marketing challenge to my listeners and these typically are people who are uh, in their b schools or they are about four to five years of experience in the yeah. marketing uh, can you throw a marketing challenge at them like you know a problem that they that is worth solving something that is worth listening you know thinking about
2: yeah i think uh you know it's it's a good challenging time for us to come up with these solutions because some of these uh, I don't I don't know what my question would be if we were not in this situation right now to be honest. Which
1: is okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, but actually, because of this lockdown and the coronavirus situation, there's a lot of there are a lot of short-term to medium to long-term challenges we all have to think as marketeers. One mm-hmm. of the things uh, I am personally dabbling with at this stage is. Uh, as far as I told you, we we launched uh, we just launched the Hindi general entertainment channel, like a Hindi yeah. full-fledged entertainment channel, uh, yeah. which has soaps and everything else. Uh, we launched it in the lockdown on first of May. One of the biggest challenges I'm facing right now is how do you make consumers aware of uh, your channel, and uh, and the, and how our channel is positioned. We are we are a free-to-air channel, so we expect mm-hmm. a lot of our consumption to happen from tier 3, tier 4 or rural households uh, in the absence of so I'm I'm, I'm taking out for, so my challenge to everybody who's listening to this is take out advertising opportunities of television
1: mm-hmm.
2: radio and mobile mm-hmm. Okay, Just leave those three aside mm-hmm. how else can I reach out to these consumers who are sitting probably in a rural town in the Hindi market HSM market as we call it in the media thing, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. how do we communicate with them? Because previously we had opportunities of going and doing certain events, certain yes. road shows. You could actually do, you know, be part of some of the bigger uh forums being done in this rural or tier four towns, etc., and show your brand to mm-hmm. people.
0: Right? Every marketer will say, Kum mein kar do kaam kar. Correct. And hmm. it and it was impactful, it was very impactful.
2: I mean now you don't have that opportunity. All those okay. things are gone right now for a for a visible future. Yeah, and yep. you would also do your own proper own promotion through way you know, starting from canter activities to yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah.
1: brand branding,
2: activation. brand activations, yeah. etc. That's not going to happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And mm-hmm. also the print options have reduced. You know, over over in this situation, right. I hope I hope things come back to normal. So you mm-hmm. can't really go out and advertise on you know some of the newspapers which have that print deep deep reach there. Yeah. So yeah. I think the challenge is how do you, and for me, a lot of experience for and a love for a brand comes when you actually see the brand as well in front of you. Right?
1: Yeah.
2: Do something with the brand. Uh. So yeah. historically, a lot of the lot of the channels, what they do will they'll take a celebrity from the show, you know, yeah. do a like a like a road show across key key markets in UP, Bihar, MP. Uh, bring mm-hmm. the fans closer to that celebrity or the channel, and then mm-hmm. bring affinity and viewership over long term period. Now that's not there. So, what do you do as a marketer? Mm-hmm. What are the options you can think of? Is what I'm dabbling with right now. Uh, and of Got course, has to be cost uh, effective. Yeah. I can't take like technology of, <laughs> uh, you know, I can't take 5D technology into these, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. hugely spread out rural markets or TFO four markets and set it up there because that's not going to be possible, also.
0: That's, anyways, been the biggest challenge for people marketing, right? I mean, in these markets because these are so, so far and so spread across that whatever yeah. you do, you just Con, you know uh, think about those things as well because that becomes like really difficult
2: no, it's true you know and and i'm and, and sorry of i'm sure you know all of us know that uh, less than 40% of uh, the entire consumption of uh, goods and services products happen actually in the bigger cities most of yeah. it happens yeah. in these these smaller markets you know which exist mm. and uh, brands have to reach out to those sort of uh, you know, population and customers, and uh, how will they do it now? Uh, one channel was the experience marketing, the road shows, etc., which is now gone. So, what what are the other alternates which will emerge? we to what, wait what and watch.
0: Goodness, Super. And uh, so, yeah, I, have, I think done with most of the questions. I have one question that I am curious about. Learning learning from yes, which can go yes. or cannot go on the podcast. So tell me some unconventional ways in which you get inspired by marketing. Like I was talking to somebody, I was talking to the head of marketing at Burger King. So that gentleman said that uh, you know lot of pictures who understand, you know, how these uh, villains and heroes in those movies communicate uh, their messages and wants to their uh, you know, their their teams and their people. So what are some unconventional ways in which you learn about marketing?
1: So sure.
0: My
2: a lot of my inspiration of how I feel, uh, you know, ideas and thoughts come to me. I actually, I've probably never expressed it before, but I look at a lot of the social fabric in in way people operate and behave. And for me, social fabric uh, essentially uh, comes from, and sorry, social fabric filter I look at, let me put it that way, is uh, is religion. Mm-hmm. And within religion, what sort of uh, affinity you have towards uh, either Almighty or the God, uh, mm-hmm. that sort of changes a lot of things, the way you operate and behave and do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second part is the kind of content you consume.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: so, films is obviously one part of it. And it's it's been proven, you know, actually films have been proven to be uh, a big influencer in how the society talks, behaves, etc. That's what reflects. That's what reflects in your films also. And their mm-hmm. films also guide the way people behave and do things. So I actually look at a lot of content pieces beyond films. Uh, I get a lot of inspiration from news sometimes, if you ask me. Uh, mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I think, why is the presenter putting this news out? You know, what is mm-hmm. it that people want to know about this news? Uh, mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of ideas come to me that, yeah, these are, could be possible audience segments he's trying to tap into, etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. religion and uh, content is what I use as a filter which I observe mostly. I don't do it in a very scientific way, if you ask. More of observation.
1: Got it.
0: Super. So, yeah, I think this is it. I mean, I would love to chat up with you more. I think there's another podcast that we have wherein we talk to like people for like three hours. I think you'll make a good guess there. I do not know when and how that opportunity comes in, but let's see when that happens. But yeah, this was great fun, Raoul. Thank you so much for your time. Do you want to like say bye everybody, have a great day, type kind of a ending kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I think uh, Thank you, Saurabh, for having me on this podcast. Um, as I, my confession is to you, was that this is my first podcast, actually. I've never done a podcast before. Um, wow. you know, so I hope you had is, fun. I did have a lot of fun and uh, I'm really, really now thinking <laughs> what the listener who's going to be you now is thinking of uh, some of the points I put across and uh, and I hope I've really been able to uh, add some value, if not a lot, to, uh, you know, your professional and your personal lives.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I think, uh, thanks for that. Uh, just, just the closing comment from my end is, uh, I think, in you know, as I mentioned earlier as well, uh, everybody has equal potential uh, mm-hmm. and uh, we all just have to find the sweet spot between finding what we like to do and mm-hmm. doing that. Uh, it doesn't come easy to everybody, and it takes some. Sometimes it takes much longer than what we anticipate. But I think the quest should continue, and the day we find it, we will, we will all sort of love what we're doing. And uh, and I hope to see more and more people doing such uh, you know roles in their lives. Okay. I think that's that's from me, and I think so thank you so much for putting together this great platform. Uh, while I've expressed to you uh, and spoken to you, I've learned a lot of things as well myself. So that's thank something which I would really really thank you for.
0: Makes makes it worth the effort, right? Thank you so much for this.
2: It does. It totally does, Sarup.
0: It does. So that was Rahul Mishra from Shimaru Entertainment. Hope you had a blast while listening to the conversation. Please do write in to us and tell us what can we do next on the Marketing Connect podcast. After all, we are a show for marketeers by marketeers. You just heard the latest episode of the Marketing Connect podcast, a show for marketeers by marketeers. The show was brought to you by Sifuri and the podium.